The sound quality will vary on this edition of Toby Haydokes Who's Round, so do not adjust your set. of strangers as a gentleman has let me into his lovely flat to talk to me about the show so I'm going to ask him who he is and why I'm talking to him about Doctor Who. <laughs> uh, my name is George Galeccio and um, why you're talking to me about Doctor Who is um, I've been associated with that programme for various, um, in various capacities um, starting as a, an AFM, then a production manager, then a production unit manager um, um, over oh several years in the starting in the seventies. Well, so let's let's start at the beginning then, and, and perhaps pre predate Doctor Who. What so what was your background, George, and and how did you come to find yourself working at the BBC in a position to be brushing shoulders with Time Lords and Daleks and all sorts <laughs> of other nasties? Um, um, I started in the theatre, uh, stage manager uh, in the theatre, and. I, this was in the early 60s, um, I was working at Leatherhead, at the rep in Leatherhead then, we always took a break for the summer, I don't know why, the theatre closed down for the summer, um, and, um, but they, they didn't pay the staff, so I had to find some other form of <laughs> employment during the break. Um, I was due to go back in the in the autumn to in fact to the new Leatherhead Theatre, they just they were opening the new theatre. Um, and so I um, I applied to the BBC because they did um, what they called holiday relief. Because then BBC all the staff went on holiday in the summer. Um, and so they replaced most of the posts with relief people. And um, so I, I, I was offered a, a, a four-month contract as a relief AFM, a system floor manager <laughs> um, at the BBC, uh, which was great. I mean, it paid me two pounds more a week than I was getting in the theatre, <laughs> um, which was great. Um, and um, I, I started then, and... Um, and the first thing I was working on was a, uh, a, what they call the, their sort of soap, which was uh, the newcomers, mm -hmm. um, which was done was live. It was a live, a live show. Anyway, um, at the end of the uh, the contract, they they said to me, "Would you like to stay? We're, we're, you know, you're quite good. Uh, uh, um, we'll offer you an extension." And I thought, "Oh yeah," because I mean, I, I really enjoyed it, and also, they were pay, you know, I was getting more money. Um, so I said, yeah. So that went on for about oh, nearly a year. I was on, they kept extending, they kept saying, no, you must stay. And then eventually they, they put me on staff. They offered me a staff, uh, a staff contract. Um, 
as an AFM. And it was as an AFM that you first uh, brushed swords with Doctor Who, so can you remember? I can't. You this is the, I thought you'd ask <laughs> I can't remember what the first the story, the first one was I actually worked on. Um, it was with, Pertwee per was the was the doctor. I think you did Planet of the Daleks with David Maloney. And I did that, yes, I remember that one very clearly. I'm, I've, I've got no sense of That's all the right. stories where and when they That's came. Right. Oh, we're under no pressure to be chronological. <laughs> so go where we like. Oh yeah, but the, certainly um, uh, I, that one, I, uh, I do remember that one with David, yeah, um, with, the, with the Dalek one. Because the Daleks had only, I mean, they, they hadn't been, I mean, they, they'd brought them back. Cause I remember at the time they, they were a bit concerned because they, they hadn't got, the, you know, the, the Daleks that they'd built were not in very good condition and they weren't going to prepare to make new ones. <laughs> and we only had three, they only had three, you know, Daleks. Um, but they, they dug them out and, uh, and I think that story was called for a lot more Daleks. Daleks, didn't it? Yeah, there's a big, there's a model shop with lots yeah. of toy Daleks. I saw yeah. that, that was the one with all the, you know, the coming like a conveyor belt of Daleks. Um, well, I mean, it's interesting that when I talk to people like yourself, I'll, I'll always say, oh, there was this one directed by so-and-so, and, and it strikes me that the director is the person who casts the biggest shadow over a, a show. So if I mention some of the director's names, and mm. you could maybe give, give me your memories of them. I mentioned David Maloney, Rex Robin... Um, uh, Lenny Main did the Monster of Peladon that you did. Barry Letts, who was producer, Barry, also oh, directed, and, and Douglas Camfield. So yeah. there's a few names to bandy with. Yeah, Dougie. Um, and um, Chris Barry. Christopher um, Barry, yeah. Chris Barry is another one. Um, and then I mean, Paddy, Paddy Russell. I mean, my associate, I mean, Paddy uh, Russell. It was, it was great working with Paddy. Um, I mean, she was, uh, she was almost... Uh, sort of legendary figure at the BBC because she was the first uh, one of the first female production manager you know she forced her way into the man's world and became she worked with Rudy Cartier yeah she was Cartier's assistant Cartier's wasn't assistant. she for 10 years yeah, yeah. Um, and um, <coughs> I started working with her I started working with her as a, as a production manager uh, as a, a PA production you know whatever um, the step above and AFM, um, and did a lot of stuff with Paddy because I really liked her. I mean, she she was great to work with, and she had such fabulous sort of stories. Because she did, she worked, she was on the when they did 1984 out at um, Crystal Palace. I don't mm. know. And I remember <laughs> one story about, you know, that I don't know, but in the 1984, the, the the glass ball, you know, the snowstorm. Yes. Thing, yeah. Yes, the paperweight in the, the paperweight, junk shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they did in uh, AP uh, Palace, They had two tiny little studios, and and they were using both of them. But they were along a corridor, so to, from one to the other, you had to come out of the studio, along the corridor, into the other studio. And this paperweight got somebody put it down in the corridor, <laughs> and they couldn't. You know, I remember Paddy had the story of panic of rushing around trying to find it, you know, because it was a live, it was a live mm. broadcaster. I mean, she had wonderful stories about her work with Rudy. I mean, uh, and she also, because he did um, quite a few operas as well. Yeah. Um, and again, um, marvellous stories of, uh, you know, her working with him. 
But it's interesting with, with Paddy because um, I've met her a few times and corresponded with her and she's absolutely lovely. But I know that um, Tom Baker and Elizabeth Sladen both found her, didn't click with her on Pyramids of Mars, they've said subsequently. Um, and, uh, and I wondered if that, and yet Bernard Kay, who I know is another sort of handful as an actor, said, oh, Paddy's brilliant, she's an actor's director. So mm -hmm. it's interesting how different people yeah, yeah. have different experiences. Yeah. I mean, did you find Tom changed because you were there with his from his early I was there for his first couple one. of years? Yeah, yeah. Did you find him change over time as the role took him over? Yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was there. You know, I was there in on the, the original when he was cast, and because I was working with Barry as his uh, as his associate then, and uh, in on the all that stuff, and when Tom, and then the first uh, first season, Tom's first season. And then when Philip came in, and and, um, and I, you know, I, I I got on very well with Tom. You know, I liked Tom very much. But you could see this sort of ego gradually. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was a he was an extraordinary. I mean, he was an eccentric, a total sort of eccentric, and um, you know, coming straight off the building site. When he, you know, came for an interview, you know, um, he was a character in that sense, and, um, and I mean, he, I mean, he just loved it. I mean, and I think it, it did take him over. I mean, in terms of the, the character, I mean, he thought he could do all the stuff. You know. <laughs> um, well, what about Pertwee? Because he obviously he. Well, John, yeah, I mean, John, I mean, it's so different. I mean, it is incredible how different they they were. I mean. Um, Pertwee was, um, I mean, John was very, I mean, Pertwee was great fun. I mean, I, I, I didn't particularly take, I liked him as, as, a, as the doctor. I didn't, you know, I mean, Troughton for me is, was, was, you know, couldn't beat Patrick. I mean, it's my favourite. Yeah. Because, um, I, I mean, I sort of grew up with, you know, I mean, I, he was, he was around when I was really watching Doctor Who. I mean, his, uh, because I like, I mean, Patrick as a, I mean, I knew Patrick. He was, he, he was in Treasure Island, and, uh, um, but I mean, I knew his work. Sure. You know, and also his work in the theatre. I mean, Patrick, you know, is a very, you know, is a very good actor. Um, um, so Pertwee, you know, it was, it, it was, it was great working with her. I mean, he was, he was, he was great to work with. I mean, he was gentleman. You know, he was, he was very good. With the the crew, everybody, you know, in terms of the of the working with the unit, um, and of course he and also um and was it, I remember one. What was the one? I can't remember which it was. Um, the sort of ice tunnels. Um, yeah, that was the David Maloney Dalek one as well. It was yeah, the that same was one. That, yeah, was it? yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I ice tunnels under a jungle on an alien planet. That's right, because we we because I remember we had to do some filming. We at Ealing at, at the film studios, we built all the, they had you know these sort of tunnels, and also there was a they went up a an air shaft. That's right. Because I don't know why I remember that particular bit of filming, but I remember John because John, John found it very uncomfortable all those crawling around it, and, and particularly the. The going up and there because they were, had these, you know, these flying harnesses, and <laughs> John particularly uh, found that uh, easy to cope with. 
Um, well, he's got a very dodgy back and a dodgy knee as well, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think he'd, he'd put his body through its paces. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. So, that, oh, that was the same one. And because you were around, obviously, at the crossover, not only between John and Tom, but of, of Barry Letts, who'd been Doctor Who's producer for you know five mm. years, and then Philip Pinchcliffe, who was the, the, the sort of new young thing, mm. and quite young, very young as a, as a producer. So how yeah. would you compare the two producers that you, you worked under for Doctor Who? Oh, uh, well, Barry... I mean, Barry was extremely good. Um, I mean, he was... He was a very, um, he was a gentleman. Barry really was, you know, he cared for everybody. He was very considerate. Um, as a producer, I mean, he, I think he was, he was better at the, um, uh, he was more interested in the, uh, the scripting and the writing. Because, I mean, he wrote, I mean, he was also mm -hmm. a writer. Um, I mean, in a way that he, I swat, I mean, I benefited from that in a sense because I took on all the, you know, the financial, the organisational, I mean, side, took that completely off him, and he allowed me just to, you know, do all that. So that side of, of it, I mean, that's where I think I, you know, I learned more from Barry and by by working with him in terms of producing, in terms of storytelling and and. and you know, scripting and all that side of it um, from him. Philip was, um, well, Philip was a very ambitious young man. I mean, he was known. I mean, he, he came in, I still remember these photos. He arrived in the, he, he had this extraordinary fur coat. I don't know where he still wears it. But he arrived in a full length fur coat. And, you know, he was very flamboyant and really. The young, the young lad, uh, and was going to make, uh, you know, make his mark. Um, very sharp, very shrewd, very intelligent, very intelligent man, Philip. Um, and um, you know, he, I mean, he, he was a good, he was a good producer. But it was a very different. Uh, I mean, Philip really wanted, you know, he, he wanted complete, you know, he was the one in control. He was very much, you know. You, you know, Barry was much more allowed other people to, you know, do their thing. Well, no, he wanted it done his way, and uh, that was it. Well, the show changed very much oh, yes. between Barry and oh, Philip, yeah. didn't it? Yes, it did. Yeah. Well, it got more, I would say, sort of more gutsy under yeah, Philip. Yeah, yeah, Well, Barry was very, I think that was the side of Barry. Barry, um, Barry was into... Um, he was actually quite spiritual, and he was into meditation, and you know, he was that side of Barry. So there was a much softer, more gentle approach. Philip was, you know, as you say, I mean, it got gutsier. Yeah. Know, got harder. Well, I'm keen to, to move us away from Doctor Who because there's so many other things in your career that it would be a shame for us not to cover. But I do have to, I, under my remit, that I am struggling to cover Terror of the Zygons. Which <laughs> is one of the, so, George, what are your memories of Douglas Camfield, what, 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 uh, on location pretending to be Scotland, John Woodnight nut covered in blobs, Angus Lenny playing the bagpipes, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> shock me with whatever it is you remember I, of Terror uh, of the Zygons. Well, mm, yeah. I mean, that... As, uh, it was one of the ones when I was at the later... You know, I was still I was working with Philip, but 
I had moved into, I was, at that point, I was looking after a couple of other um, shows, and I was also, um, so I, my focus uh, was not solely on Doctor Who, and I didn't spend as much time on location or on set on these later ones. I, I, I do remember, I do remember the, um, the, I did go on location, and the, the, the Scottish, uh, I mean, I think, I, I don't know why, I, I think, I did suggest that we, do, we could try and go to Scotland, but Philip wasn't, wasn't up for it, he wasn't prepared to do a bit of juggling with money, and, and so we could actually get some authentic uh, Scottish feel to it, but, uh, um, And D Douglas is a director. I mean, he he's he's. Um, all right. I mean, he was he was okay. Um, Interesting. That's that's a contrast to most other people that I've spoken yeah. to who who sort of single him out as as the TV genius, as it were. Mm, no, I would. I mean, uh, I suppose. I mean, I'm, uh, this is this is all in in. Looking back, I mean, at the time, I'm not sure what I, you know, thought. because, I mean, I, I mean, I'd, I mean, I, I also, I mean, I've directed in television, and, and mm -hmm. also I, in the theatre, I'd done a lot of directing, so I suppose my, my, um, assessment of directors is, is you know, I'm quite critical of, 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 and I think Dougie, you know. He did, you know, he did some good stuff at the BBC. I mean, some of it. But the Doctor, Doctor Who, okay. Um, I don't. Uh, I mean, the, the the Zygons. I think, from a directorial point of view, I think it was, it was, you know, it was competent. But um, I suppose it was of its time. That's the that's the trouble with looking back at mm. you know, a lot of the Doctor Who stuff is that. Uh, one has to um, consider it in context of, of that period and what television and what you know what it was what it was like. And of course, we don't watch much of anything. It's Doctor Who is the one that keeps getting revisited. Yeah. So viewing it in context, oh, yeah. I guess, no, is quite I tough. No, I mean, I, I, in terms of looking back, I mean, I, I, cause I, I looked at some of my own stuff, and I, because when it came out on DVD, and I thought, oh my, oh, this is not very good. <laughs> Um, you know, it's it's dated. You know, things do date in terms of uh, unless unless they're you know really special. Mm -hmm. uh, the average television, of, you know, of, of was okay. I mean, but what the audience were prepared to accept, I think expectations have gone where you know they expect an awful lot more now. Sure. Well, I'll give you brief descriptions of the the other Doctor Who stories that you worked on. Planet of the Spiders, which was. John Pertwee's last one. That's right. I mean, Planet of the Spiders was the one that Barry. Um, um, that was because that was the six-parter. Was the end of the. You know, That's right. Yeah. John Swan song. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and <coughs> my uh, my then wife played the great one. Oh, Maureen Morris was the great the great vamp the great the spider. The spider. Yeah. 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 Sort of keeping it in the family because um, Roger Delgado's widow was the voice of one of the other spiders. That's right, yeah. yeah. 
And um, and then you moved on to Tom. You, uh, yeah, so you were there when Tom was cast in Robot, Robot. which was directed by Christopher Barry. Yeah, well, Michael Kilgariff as a giant robot. That's right. And so that I mean, and that was all sh- unusually. That was the first one we did. We did that one on a B because mm. we shot it up at the um, BBC's training um, at Wood Norton. because um, that I mean that was um, I mean because I had to settle all that up. That was Barry's idea. Was we tried the, the mini U, you know, the, the new small cameras, uh, the mini OB unit, and uh, and it was specially, uh, you know. It was specially written for that uh, because it it was to use. I mean, the idea of the you know of, was was, the, was using a lot of CSO, you know, the, the blue screen. I mean, which was in its infancy mm. you now, and because of the robot, you know, all the all the stuff was a robot. Um, we had to get the loca- all the location stuff on electronically, not you know, film, not not on film. So that was the whole idea was to put it. Uh, to do it all as a, as a broadcast. And that's because, actually, because Paddy Russell had directed one the year before for John Pertwee that you worked on, um, Invasion of the Dinosaurs, where the... Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh those bloody awful, awful, awful dinosaur models. Oh, it really was, yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I actually uh, persuaded Paddy to direct that one, because I'd worked with her, you know, previously, and... Um, I'd suggested uh, her as a director uh, to Barry, and, uh, and 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 she got the script, and she said, well, "I don't know anything about all this stuff, you know." I said, oh, "Don't worry, Paddy. I, you know, I you know I can help you and that, you know." So she she came on board, and 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 I mean she did. I mean she I you know she relied on me a lot for you know what to do with all this stuff. But, because we had, they brought in it was an outside um, visual effects. That's right, Clifford Cully, who Cl- wasn't Cliff yeah. Cully, that's right, who, to do all that because we normally would have been the visual effects guy because of the fact of it, but um, oh, well, they, <laughs> not deemed a success. Not the dinosaurs. at all. No, it was a shame because uh, and, and we did. I mean, we did a lot of sort of maverick filming on that one. I mean. Because Paddy's, Paddy, uh, Paddy's um, um, partner was a film cameraman. Tony Legger. Tony yeah. Lego, yeah. And so she, she got Tony, um, and she and Tony and, and his assistant and I spent various Sundays running around London shooting all the background stuff, at, uh, you know, five o'clock on a Sunday, mo- on a Sunday morning to get all those empty mm. you know, shots of London. I mean, it was not paid for, I mean, it was all totally under-the-counter stuff. Um, but, I mean, in a way, that was Paddy. Paddy would always, you know, um, used, uh, if she knew somebody, you know, she had so many good connections, she'd say, oh, no, you know, we'll do it. You know, don't, worry, don't worry about the official. Don't, don't tell anybody. We'll just do it. <laughs> uh, and um, she, you know, to provide all the backgrounds for her. Those terrible rub. Because those those shots of deserted London in that first episode is absolutely fantastic, yeah. and I think everyone thinks of Invasion of the Dinosaurs. Great story. Shame about the dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, obviously, but those were all um, those were all <laughs> for free. So yes. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> <We> won't. <laughs>
Well, of course, Robot being the first on VT, you then did the Sontaran experiment, which was also on VT on Dartmoor, where Tom Baker, having just been cast as Doctor Who, broke his collarbone. Well, yes, and I, I mean, I drove, I mean, I, had to, I was there because they, they, I had to drive him, I drove him off to hospital and, and um, um, his, um, what's his name, the stuntman? Terry Walsh. Terry Walsh, you know, because I've got, I mean, I've got lots of photographs of, you know, <laughs> of that point, or, you know, Terry being the doctor, and we had to, yeah, I mean, that, that whole thing was, I mean, we, Barry and I wanted, you know, was to try and do a whole, because it was only a two-parter, mm. was to do the whole thing on, the, you know, on, on the location, and we, that was where we were doing a lot of juggling with budgets and, you know, moving money around, so that's so we could do that one, um, and that was, um, oh, director? Rodney Bennett. Who was a, I mean, a very good, I mean, a really good director. I mean, he was a good director. Um, I mean, done a lot of classic mm. television uh, stuff. Yeah, he um, went on to do some of the BBC Shakespeare's. Mm, I mean, no snap. Yeah, sure. I mean, no, no, I mean, very much. Uh, um, no, so I was, you know, that trip to Dartmoor and all that stuff down there. Um, yeah, and Tom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, we had, I mean, it was, it was, it was great fun doing that one. It was, it was, um, but yeah, no, I jumped back of the car driving. Well, and that was part of a block because you'd done it cleverly, I think, with the money. You'd used the sort of exterior allocation for a six-parter to do a two-parter. And then the four-parter was all in the studio, which was the arc in space with Roger yeah. Murray Leach's huge, yeah. Yeah. big white sets. That's right. And, yeah. uh, and Kenton Moore turning into a, into a bubble wrap monster. Right. Uh, yeah. Yes, Roger. I mean, Roger, I mean, great designer, I mean, he, he later, I mean, long, he, he was the designer on the thing I did for um, ITV, um, which was with Robson Green and, and Robson and Jerome, which ain't misbehaving. Yeah. Produced, uh, um, and Roger, we got Roger, was the designer who came with you. Know, I, you know, I worked with Roger on various things at the BBC. More from George in part two, which will be next week, when he will also reveal his charity. So for now, I'll do what I occasionally do, as it's a two-parter, and flag up my charity, the Psoriasis Association, which is www.psoriasis-association.org.uk. Psoriasis is spelt P-S-O-R-I-A-S-I-S. Um, uh, precisely no use to anybody. And I'll also do a quick plug for my Radio 4 play, which is uh, still on iPlayer, but as you listen to this, only for about the next week or so. So, last chance to hear. Uh, if you do, well, you may enjoy it. It's got Ronald Pickup in it, one of the world's uh, leading classical actors, but also, of course, best known for being the physician in part four of The Reign of Terror. Um, that's it for now. Thanks for listening. Ta-ta. My name is Tom Newman. Now, I've been trying to convince myself that a week ago I didn't discover that my dad wasn't actually a recently deceased door-to-door -door salesman, but was, in fact, an alien of a superior species from a distant galaxy. Yeah, I wish I'd succeeded because it sounds bonkers, but I can't. This is Agent 221163, final report. Please, please do not recall me. I do not wish to return to the homeworld. I like it here. Jack! 
My dad was an alien, and as a result of this knowledge, I've overcome all the resultant childhood baggage and the trauma of his death. Excellent. Let's kiss, and then we'll go and watch the football together and get married in time for tea. I knew you'd understand. Well, that's how I'd intended it to go. 25 minutes. Termination in 25 minutes. Watch the skies. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Doctor. Doctor. I think something followed us. Down the stairwell. Not now, Mel. I've nearly got this. Something did follow us. Doctor! I am Stetimar, and this is my reckoning! Doctor Who, Terror of the Sontarans. The events of the last few days have driven us to the edge of madness and beyond. I've just sealed half my crew in the caves after they tried killing the rest of us. The others are upstairs in the observation deck worshipping the stones. We knew what we were doing when we signed up, but none of our training prepared us for any of this. I will blast you to atoms. Small your eyes, poor your aim. Come then, lost children. I will tear the shell off you. Think, Case, think. You're a Santaran warrior, but you're intelligent too, an officer. You're meant to be brains as well as brawn. Do you insult me further, sir? <laughs> Not so fast, you. Yes, let go of me! Get off! Taste my claws, Eggman! Big finish. We love stories.